Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. And I think part of the problem with all of these questions that we're getting about saturated fat for babies is that other accounts or non-dietitians who are giving nutrition advice are reading these recommendations. Oh, limit saturated fat to less than 10% of calories. And for one to three-year-olds, that means less than 10 grams of saturated fat. So now we have all these parents being like, oh my gosh, I'm counting the grams of saturated fat for my baby. You don't need to do that, okay? That recommendation does not apply to children younger than age two. So stop stressing about saturated fat for your baby. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hello there and welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about what to look at on the nutrition facts panel or the food label when you're choosing foods that you're going to offer to your baby. Now, I called this episode Nutrition Label Reading 102. And that's because a while back we did 101. So if you go back to episode 351, I did label reading 101, what to look for in foods that you offer your baby. And in that episode, we went through sodium, sugars, and kind of differentiated between naturally occurring sugars and added sugars. And then we also did iron in that episode. But I didn't want it to get too long. And then as soon as that one went live, a ton of people were asking questions about other nutrients. So I was like, hey, I need to schedule kind of a part two. So this is like part two of label reading. And in this episode, we're going to be looking in particular at saturated fats, fiber, 
and then percent DV or the percent daily value because that area can get a little tricky. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed when you look at a food label because there really are a few key areas. I firmly believe that sugar, sodium and iron are the three most important ones. But if you're like, okay, I got it. And I'm like seeing some more things on this label and I want to know what they're about. I've got those answers for you in this episode. But if you want that first part of it, episode 351 is Label Reading 101 about sugar, sodium, and iron. And that's at blwpodcast.com forward slash 351. And I like to start these mini baby led weaning training episodes with a BLW tip of the day. And today's tip is, please remember that the nutrition facts panel information that you see on food labels in the United States, they are reflective of diets intended for children four years of age or older and adults. Now, of course, there's absolutely no way to encapsulate all of the nuanced, varied nutrition needs of a four-year-old up to a 94-year-old on the side of like your pasta container, okay? So what I want you to take away from that is that when we're talking about nutrition information for babies, I'm talking about your baby in the six to 12-month window and that none of the dietary reference intakes, so those are the values that the U.S. government sets that says, don't fall below this or your baby might have nutrition problems. None of them apply to babies in particular, okay? And because you can't ethically design a study that would analyze like what happens if babies don't get enough calcium? Let's restrict human milk or breast milk or formula from them and see what happens, okay? It doesn't work like that. And so a lot of what we know about nutrition in the six to 12 month age, these are adequate intake levels. And I kind of explained that in the previous episode when we talked about nutrition facts panels but that they're not based on hard and fast science. So I don't want you to stress out when you see numbers. Oh my gosh, my baby needs this amount of X, Y, or Z. The whole point of learning how to eat is about giving your baby ample opportunity to learn how to eat the foods. I am a registered dietitian. It like makes my skin crawl to even hear myself talking about milligrams and micrograms because that is not what is important in general well baby nutrition. If you are a pediatric dietitian and you are working with a medically fragile population, heck yeah, you better know your micrograms, milligrams, et cetera. But for your parent of a baby who doesn't have a medical condition, I don't want them counting calories or grams of saturated fat or grams of fiber. But I do provide this information because I know when you're looking at labels, it can be confusing and I want to kind of help you cut through the noise. So just remember that the info that's on the nutrition facts panel, it's not directed at your baby. It's for adults. All right, let's get started looking at saturated fats, fiber, and percent daily value. I'm going to start with saturated fats because I have a live office hours component of my program. And so for parents and caregivers, they come on each week and they can ask questions. And in the last two weeks on office hours, I've never had this before. I had three questions about saturated fat or cholesterol. So I don't know what's going on if there's someone else out there like putting ideas in your heads that you need to be concerned about your saturated fat intake for your baby. But please know that you do not need to look at nor be concerned with the amount of saturated fats in the foods that you're offering your baby. We were talking about eggs in this particular question and the mom was asking, you know, we were analyzing different ways to prepare eggs for your baby. And obviously we don't recommend any one food every day, but she's like, I feel like I'm offering my baby a lot of eggs. Is that too much cholesterol? And so oftentimes eggs get associated with cholesterol, but it's the dietary cholesterol, like in the foods that you eat, that's not what affects your blood cholesterol levels. So for those of you with family histories of heart disease, they do tell you like, okay, yeah, you know, you don't want to like pump your baby full of foods that are going to increase their risk of heart disease. But also when your baby's learning how to eat, the last thing you need to be worried about is the saturated fat content of the foods that you're eating. That's my professional dietitian opinion. And so this notion of, oh, well, if I eat cholesterol, my cholesterol goes up. It doesn't work like that. It's the saturated fat content in the foods that we eat 
that raise our bad cholesterol or our LDL cholesterol levels. So again, it's not the dietary cholesterol in your foods that raise cholesterol in adults. It's the saturated fat. So this trickles down to parents being like, well, then I don't want to give my baby saturated fat. Well, guess what? Saturated fats come primarily from animal foods. And yes, when you get older, we don't want most of those fats being from animal foods. It's better to have the unsaturated fats, many of which come from plant foods and then a little bit of animal food. But for babies, when we're starting solid foods, my primary concern is safety. And we know that the fattier the cut of meat, okay, that fat, when you cook it, it liquefies and it lubricates the protein strands and it makes it safer and easier for your baby to swallow. So I don't want you offering your baby low fat meats like 96% lean ground beef or chicken breast or turkey breast. Okay, we always talk about the higher fat cuts of meat in my program and how to choose those and select those and make them safe for babies. And you never have to worry about the saturated fat content. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So if you're trying to pick different cuts of meat, the Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro program has a hundred first foods content library that shows you for each of the protein foods. Okay, these are the cuts. This is how you pick it. This is how you make it for the different ages and stages of your baby. If you want help making all of those hundred first foods, you can go to babyledweaning.co and click on program for more information. And I also want to remind parents who are stressing out about saturated fats that the recommendations to limit saturated fat to less than 10% of calories does not apply to those younger than two. So I think what's happening is like some social media accounts are like taking this adult information and extrapolating it to an infant population and it just doesn't work like that. Sometimes in other pediatric nutrition references, you'll see the recommendation to have less than 10 grams of saturated fat, okay, because that's for children age one to three. And that's because that's based on a 1000 calorie diet. So less than 10% of the calories coming from saturated fat would be less than 10 grams of saturated fat. Don't stress, don't count your baby's grams of saturated fat because again, this does not apply to those younger than two. And we run into this problem in the United States with different nutrition bodies put out conflicting advice where like, wait a minute, but they said for one to three-year-olds, it should be less than 10 grams. And this other branch is saying that, oh, for less than two-year-olds, you don't need to worry about it. I'm here to tell you that for your six to 12-month-old baby, you do not need to be worried about the grams of saturated fat. If you offer your baby animal foods, I want you to choose those higher fat ones, and they're naturally going to be higher in saturated fat. Let's move on to fiber, dietary fiber, which as we all know, has benefits for heart health. It has benefits for gut health. It's important because it's found in foods that we all should be eating more of, fruits and vegetables and whole grains. 
and there's no fiber in refined foods and animal foods. So we want to be eating, as we get older, a diet that is naturally rich in fiber. Okay, I don't want to say high in fiber or super high in because there are a lot of wacko adult diet foods out there that have added fibers. So what they call functional fibers, I call them fake fibers, but those functional fibers are taken from other food sources and then added into foods that wouldn't naturally have them. So skinny cow ice cream bars is the one that always comes to mind. Like, oh, there's three grams of fiber in this ice cream bar. Well, yeah, because they literally put nutritional sawdust into that product to give it a quote higher fiber count. And then they have to put a bunch of artificial sweetener on top of it to mask the flavor of that fiber without adding calories. And all of a sudden, like you've got a jacked up diet food. That's fine if you like that, but please don't feed your baby's foods with added or functional fibers. The reason being for that is that those fibers, all fiber takes up valuable room in your baby's stomach, right? Part of fiber is that it takes us longer to digest foods that contain fiber compared to their refined counterparts. I don't want to make your baby feel artificially full by pushing them full of diet foods that are high in fiber. And we talked a little bit about this in the pasta episode a while back, like some of those lower carb pastas that are designed for adult diets. Parents are feeding them to their babies. Well, that's packed chock full of added functional fibers that are making the babies feel artificially full, at which point they're not allowed to feel hunger. And if we're interfering with that hunger and fullness, that feedback loop, that's where we get into trouble. The whole point of raising an independent eater is to help them learn how to eat safely when they're hungry and stop eating when they're full. So naturally occurring sources of fiber, they're all interspersed all throughout the 100 first foods list. They're in the fruits and the vegetables and the whole grain categories. And so because we're doing those new foods every single week, I trust that your baby is going to be getting enough fiber. If you look at the nutrition facts panel, you'll see that the daily value for dietary fiber for kids age one to three, it's 14 grams per day. And that's based on a 1000 calorie diet. Don't stress about, oh my gosh, well, my baby's almost one and they're not getting 14 grams of fiber. If your baby is eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains in a variety of different safe forms, they will certainly be getting enough fiber. And you don't need to go adding functional fibers, certainly not fiber supplements to your baby's routine. Now, many of you may be familiar with fiber as it pertains to constipation. Constipation is a natural side effect of starting solid foods. And so I know when parents start, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to give my baby like supplements of fiber so that they get enough fiber and you do not need to do this. Okay, we kind of covered constipation quite comprehensively in episode 348. Um, Dr. Rebecca Winderman from Kids Gastro Doc, if you guys follow her on Instagram, she's wonderful if you like learning about kids' gut stuff. We talked all about constipation and what's typical for babies transitioning to solid food, but you don't need to go add a whole bunch of more fiber to your baby's diet. Trust that with the variety of the foods you're offering, they're going to be getting enough fiber. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And lastly, I want to touch on the percent daily value or the DV. That's the part of the nutrition facts panel. It's generally to the far right. It's the column that shows you how much of a nutrient in a serving of that food that contributes to the daily diet. Okay, and the daily value, the DV requirements 
both the values as well as the nutrients for which you need to have a DV on the label, those all changed with this most recent round of updates to the Nutrition Facts panel. So now when you look at a Nutrition Facts panel, you will see percent daily value for all the major macronutrients with the exception of protein. And I'll get to that in a second. But there's four new micronutrients or there's a, there was a kind of a shakeup in the micronutrients. Those are the vitamins or the minerals that have to be on the label. Okay, it's now vitamin D. So you always see vitamin D, sometimes expanded listed in micrograms, but always listed in percent daily values. And then secondly, you'll see calcium, that's in milligrams, iron in milligrams and potassium in milligrams. Okay, if you've followed any of the previous episodes or you listened to Label Reading 101, we talked about iron in milligrams and the idea of that if a food has one milligram of iron or more, that is a good iron food for your baby. We're not saying high, we're not saying low. And you have to be careful. You hear this all the time, non dietitians giving nutrition advice. They don't understand that there's actually rules. Like in order for a food to be quote unquote high in or low in, in order for a food to be considered low, it has to be 5% or less of a nutrient per serving. That's a low nutrient X food. And in order for it to be considered high, it's 20% or more. But there are not those standards for the infant diet. Okay, so a lot of this is applicable to you as an adult. But where do your eyeballs need to go when you're looking at a label? You don't need to care about saturated fat. When it comes to fiber, if you're offering fruits and vegetables and whole grains, they're automatically getting fiber. And then when it comes to iron, if it's one milligram or around there, that's a high iron food, acknowledging that fruits and vegetables don't have iron, but they are important as well. Just as an aside, there's no daily value for protein or for trans fat. And again, the whole kicker here is that all the percent daily value stuff on the label is based on a 2000 calorie diet. So this is not applicable for your baby and you don't need to stress about this stuff. So I hope this was helpful to you. If you guys want to read more in detail, the show notes will be up for you at blwpodcast.com forward slash 361. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.